Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Well, I'm already in Chris Sims' doghouse, so I better tread lightly here. And I was going to set up this show by saying I have a stomach bug, and no, it didn't come from eating a hamburger off the floor of LaGuardia. So now I'm probably even more, even more in his doghouse. Yes, Shireen. Boom. I got to check on Shireen. Shireen wasn't doing well last night. She went to bed fairly early stomach bug is winning oh making jokes and oh good old karma came back together huh i'm just joking i mean she's 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 gonna go get a covid test today she's nine days past shot number two so she's concerned that she may have been one of those folks who ends up getting it while they're in that window before the the vaccination i hope she's okay i'd like i'd like to you know have fun and take a few jabs at her right now but i'll i'll let her go so she's not feeling 100 percent. i hope she is okay I did text her after she told me she was done for the night. First, get some rest. Second, no more floor burgers. <laughs> Good. So, I'm uh, glad you did that. <laughs> Great. That's perfect. All right. Uh, so uh, we hope Shireen's doing well this morning. I think we'll see her today on PFTPM, although I never really seem to know who it's going to be. I always know right. it's you Monday through Thursday and the rare Fridays like this <laughs> week. In the afternoon, it's a beautiful mystery every day as to who it's going to be. All right, the beautiful mystery well, regarding the future. Of, go ahead. Well, I just want to, like, I mean, people with my pick of Justin Fields at 32, like, you know, I've gotten a lot of backlash with that. You know, again, yeah, it's a mock draft. I, I went through a lot of different scenarios. I worked on it for over a week, you know, toying with things, all of that. Yeah, the scenario I came with, I can see Justin Fields falling. Like, uh, Listen, I don't know. I don't know. But we didn't know Lamar Jackson was going to be pick 32. You know, Shireen's favorite quarterback of all time, Johnny Manziel, nobody would have thought he'd have been on the board at 24, right? Aaron Rodgers fell to the 20. He was supposed to be the first pick of the draft. So, like, I love how everybody now is just like, I know how the draft's going to go, and that's your way is not right with the Justin Fields one. Like, shut up, everybody. You don't know. We'll see where it goes. By the way, by the way, Shireen is on short-term IR. It will be Miles Simmons with me at 5 o'clock okay. Eastern today, if you're wondering about that. And uh, a little bit of news. I agree with what you're saying. Johnny Manziel, hey, there's a clip that floats around this time of year 
of John Gruden when he was working for ESPN. They want him to take the number one pick of the draft. Pushing Manziel right. hard. Every hard. pick. Every pick. The yes. first 10 picks were like, I'd take Manziel. I'd take yes. Manziel. That's all he said. Well, you would have been wrong with that pick. Let me just tell and, you. And hey, he's had the opportunity for the last three years in Oakland and now Las Vegas to sign Johnny Manziel. And it's been crickets, crickets, crickets right. from John Gruden. So before we get to the PFT mock draft, an item of news, NFL media, agent on record with NFL media, Antonio Brown re-signing with the Buccaneers. Reportedly $3.1 million deal that can be worth up to $6.25 million. You always wonder what the up-to terms are. Super Bowl MVP sometimes is one of the triggers to get the full compensation, but Brown is back. So the band entirely back together in Tampa. Amazing. Settling, settling that lawsuit last week. I know Jason Light tried to downplay it. I say bullpucky to that. It, the, the lawsuit was everything. Because if that lawsuit doesn't go away, he testifies under oath at some point. It's potentially a disaster. And uh, the, he, that thing needed to go away before they were going to re-sign him, I believe. And now that it's gone, they re-sign him. Bands entirely back together for 2021. Chris. Yeah, it's hard to believe that that wouldn't be part of the conversation. And, I mean, it, it just it, it looks too – I mean, it can't be that coincidental. You know, yeah, that got solved. Then dialogue started to, ha- you know, go, go through a, a contract talk there. And now here we are a few days through the dialogue. They got him back. So, I mean, I think you were spot on with the fact in your read and with what Jason Light said and all that type of stuff. It's amazing to bring the band back in, in full totality. Uh, again, I don't think we've ever seen it. It's it's truly special uh, with Jason Light, Bruce Arians, what they got going there in, in Tampa. And, you know, I don't know, Mike, what do you think? Antonio Brown, you think he had any other suitors out there? I mean, the looks of that contract tell me that – he really didn't, and this was just like, hey, we like you, and maybe we'll throw you a little bit more change than you know we have to because our quarterback likes you and we like what you did for our team last year. Last year it was the minimum. This year it's $3.1 right. million. So that's a nice little bump, and, and that opportunity to double it, more than double it, 6.25. I, I, look, I, I believe from what I've heard that even though Russell Wilson – had been stumping for Brown to go to the Seahawks. The Seahawks did their homework back in 2019 when they first started to really focus on Josh Gordon. Didn't want Antonio Brown. Ravens didn't want Antonio Brown. And and there's a an argument to be made that Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown, Antonio's cousin, were just being tactful and deferential to sure. the older player and right. that they really didn't want him either. That... And 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 the Ravens offered up Des Bryant as the compromise. Why to, would Hollywood want him there? Brown. Why would like ho, like Hollywood couldn't get the ball himself? He was mad at that. What he wanted Antonio, his cousin, to come in and steal some of them. So I'm with you. I don't know if that was like that was more. I, I hey, let's give respect to a legend, and we'd love to have him here. Kind of talk. I, I I kind of agree with you there on that take. There. And, and I remember explaining at the time the possibility first came up. The Ravens should not want Antonio there because when it goes sideways, and it always does, then he's going to poison Hollywood against the Ravens, and there goes your chance of keeping him around long term. If you've got Antonio constantly saying what a bunch of jerks they are. So uh, anyway, that's where that stands. Antonio Brown back with the Buccaneers. All the free agents back under contract, and now they get to select a whole new crop of incoming rookies on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So let's get to the mock draft. And it occurred to me earlier, maybe they call it a mock draft because all anyone ever does is mock what we do. 
And and that's why I I we used to have like seven versions. And now everybody's got a mock draft and the people who do it zealously have multiple versions. I, I just I don't like it and I don't do it. The only reason I do it is because it's expected. I've farmed it out to somebody who knows the process far better than I ever will. And this is the first time that I just took what I got back and I said, I'm not even going to tinker with it. I'm I'm just I, if I'm hearing things different than what's in there, I'll deal with that separately. I so, can write and post whatever I want whenever I want. This is not my work. I'm willing to put it on my website because I trust the person and the person who who's responsible for it is accomplished. But, I, you know, it's not like I can put the name to it, but I trust it. Okay. There's just some stuff in there that I don't necessarily agree all right. with so I, well, based I, on things I'm hearing. Okay. All right. Good. All right. I like that. All right. Can we give the guy who made this mock no. a name? No. Let's give him no. a fake name. Like some, just so, so when I can talk negatively about it, I can at least throw a name on there to crap on the guy. Like just a name, you know, just for the, for argument's sakes. <laughs> Is there any name that you have in mind? I can only imagine. <laughs> no, no. Well, let's see. We can okay. go with John Doe if you want. I'll just go, man, right, John, John Doe. Doe. What an uh, idiot he was like for that Doe. pick. Okay. okay. <laughs> just call – Just I'm going to take all the blame anyway. Okay, just blame fine. Me. No, no amount of caveat or disclaimer is going to save me from getting roasted. Don't have but, to tell me you know, twice. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't care. So how about the very top? How about – well, I mean, look, we're guaranteed to get the first two right, barring what would be – uh, a, a major stunner, but there it is. Oh, Justin Fields at oh. number three. And when, and when I got it, when I got it, my first reaction was, there's no way in hell Justin Fields is going at number three. But then I realized, you know what? I don't care. This And the person who did this thinks they're taking Fields, thinks they should take Fields. And you know what? If there really is a tug of war in the organization between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, Justin Fields would be a potential compromise, Chris. I, I, yeah, I mean, sure. I, I mean, listen. They're- Can play now, higher ceiling than Mac Definitely. Jones, but not as raw as Trey Lance. Yeah. So you get a guy who can be better, but who also can play now and run the offense. Yeah. The, the problem is, I think there's people in the NFL, and you know, me included, that would go, I think Justin Fields has some aspects about his game that are more raw than Trey Lance. So that's where the balance is there. You know, yeah, he's played more, but... As we talked about a little yesterday, there are some technical issues there, too. Listen, I'd love to see what that looked like. Justin Fields, you know, his ability to run that big sucker in that Shanahan offense, that'd be really interesting to watch. But, yeah, of course, I I don't believe it. That'd be – that would be some story. And, you know, again, I think you just chickened out to the masses and put them at three because you saw the reaction I I got at 32, and you're like, I'm going to go the opposite of that. I'm just. I had it. Su- I had it Sunday night, and I told you yesterday. Yeah. I told you. Yesterday I'm joking. You got the Relax. All right. Well, All then right. shut up. <laughs> Not every joke is funny, as I've learned over the years. Um, Pete laughed, and I don't, okay. I don't care if Pete laughed. I don't care if Pete laughed. All right. Um, so Justin Fields, and and look, and, and but and part of the point is, hey, they want us. To, to not know, then yeah. it could be any of the three. It could be the Ferrari. It could be the Porsche. It could be the Aston Martin. And if they don't take the Ferrari, the guy that we thought they traded up to get in the first place, where does Mac Jones go? I specifically said I don't want trades because trade it's 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 yeah, too it's hard. hard. It takes a process that's already impossible, and then you have to figure out who's going to trade, when they're going to trade, how far they're going to trade. Let's just lay out the board according to the current picks and just be done with it. And Mac Jones, if he starts to slide, obviously the first spot to watch is eight, the Carolina Panthers. Our mock draft has him 
sliding all the way to 15 and the New England Patriots. And I think that's something that you would agree with. If he's there at 15, if he's there, and he likely won't be because somebody would probably trade up and nab him before then, the Patriots would uh, would would probably take a serious look at taking Mac Jones. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, again, yeah, I think if he got down to that, you know, seven, eight, nine range, that yeah, maybe you'd see the Patriots really think about trading up. The thing to think about here right now, too, though, if that did happen a little bit, like with Mac Jones, again, it's just you know, once if you were in New England or anything like that, or even if it was anybody who fell. Once you get past, like, Denver at 9, you know, I guess really the only thing you'd have to worry about is a Washington or maybe a Chicago trade-up to steal one of the quarterbacks that are available, right? So, in theory, I mean, listen, they could sit back and just go, let's see if the quarterback falls to us. Let's see if it happens. Or will they be worried about, you know, one of those two teams we mentioned making a move and then they move up? That that'll be something to watch for, but... Yeah, I would think that New England has their eye on Mac Jones in this scenario. Yeah, and when Belichick talked to reporters a week and a half ago, he he seemed to hint at a trade up to 12 or 13, although you never know what you can believe this time. You're no one's going to tell you what they're actually thinking. The truth is going to be coincidental to whatever strategic objectives they have. Um, we, we flashed that number 10 pick. I just want to mention this. As I said last hour with the Cowboys, because Patrick Sertain, the second goes to the Panthers at eight under the PFT mock draft. Right. Rashawn Slater, the Northwestern tackle, ends up going to Dallas, not a defensive player. And the the Cowboys have to, they have to work on reestablishing that wall. Tyron Smith has been breaking down slowly. Other pieces of that offensive line, injured, banged up, aging, and uh, time to be replaced. And you got to invest just like they did. You got to invest in infrastructure like like they did when they built that wall. They got to rebuild that wall on the fly or it's going to become a liability very soon. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's not like a crazy thought. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, I would expect it to be defense. But in that scenario, if Sertain's off the board, you know, yeah, how what does it come down to? Do they like J.C. Horn enough to take him at 10? I don't know. But – the offensive line is certainly something they got to start thinking about. And you're right. Tyrone Smith is at that point of his career and with the injuries to where you legit have to start going, all right, we got to think about the future a little bit. Whether we you know, get a guy that can back him up for a year or two and then take over uh, or play another position and then we bump him out when that time comes. And that's where the value of the Rashawn Slater could be. You know, one of the reasons I don't – I make him my top O-lineman. I just wasn't sure if he could be a tackle, but nonetheless, I have no doubt he could be a guard. And there is a need for that there in Dallas, too. So you could play that type of game and have him at guard with Zach Martin. You know, you got Lyle Callens and Tyrone Smith. And then, okay, if somebody gets hurt there, then we can bump you know uh, Slater out to one of those tackle positions, and they can use one of the backups to, to fill in the guard position. So it's not a crazy thought. It's not. Many think the draft begins at pick number four with the Falcons, yeah. and there's been talk of Trey Lance to them or Kyle Pitts. When, when I opened the file and saw the mock draft with Penny Sewell number four to the Falcons, my first thought, just like it was with the 49ers taking Justin Fields, it ain't going to happen. But then I thought, you know what? Even though they got tackles that, you know, and Jake Matthews and Caleb McGarry, what I, the, the name that finally came to mind for me was Quentin Nelson. Why don't you take Penny Sewell and make him your Quentin Nelson? and build a red wall 
in Atlanta. Yeah. And and the rest of the offense flows through and around that. That's how you get more years out of Matt Ryan. That's how you finally ignite a running game that they've struggled to really master in recent years. You get yourself a kick-ass offensive line, and you wedge Sewell in at a guard spot. He told me yesterday he's capable of playing center, even though he hasn't done it in a game. He's done some snaps before. Not that I'm saying you make the guy a center, but if he's got versatility and flexibility, you get your five best blockers on the field, and you go out and you beat the crap out of the other team. No doubt. I mean, that would make that offensive line an elite unit. That's for sure. I mean, when you start to talk about it that way, when you go, wait, you got, you know, two first round picks, a tackle, you got Lindstrom, right, who they drafted out of Boston College, who's a first round guard, and now you got Penny Sewell, you're getting into the conversation of like like you're talking about Colts, Cowboys from five years ago, where you just go, they're going to be able to impose their will on you. Good luck stopping anything they want to do. And hey, I'll add this to it just to like add logic. You know, again, I think you got a head coach and a GM that do believe in that type of thought as far as building a football team. Fontenot coming from the Saints has to believe. I mean, they have a first-round right tackle. They have a you know first-round guard in Andrus Pete. They got a first-round center in Ruiz when he was there last you know. So and Arthur Smith came from Tennessee. They got to believe in O line too. So uh, again, I think it'll be Pitts. If it's not, I expect it to be maybe Trey Lance. But I don't think Penny Sewell as good as he is is totally crazy. I'll, I'll give you that. Pitts goes five to the Bengals, and the question Ooh. is, would they take Pitts over Jamar Chase? And, and again, I defer to John Doe in this setting, but uh, that would be a tough call for the Bengals, wouldn't it, between Chase and Pitts? Oh, I, I mean, definitely. That would be a really tough call. I mean, two guys with superstar potential, you know, and, yeah, you got decent receivers. Now you can have a great tight end to go along with it. You know, but do you want, you know, to make that receiving unit really, really awesome uh, and, and elite with a superstar player? That That's that's what they'd have to figure out there. But that'd be interesting to see what they would do if in that scenario. And then, Mike, like added on top of that, I'd be really intrigued with what, you know, in lieu of what the Dolphins did yesterday and trading Eric Flowers. And, then you know, there's just rumors they might be interested in a tackle and all of those type of things. I mean, would the Dolphins at six, have they changed their thought? You know, would they think about Penny Sewell at number six if he was on the board? You know, I think that's something worth thinking about. Again, Flores came from New England. He believes in dominating the line of scrimmage. I mean, that has crossed my mind ever since that news came out yesterday. I think the Dolphins are inclined to trade down some if they can. Seems like they it. are looking tackle, they can take one later. We've got Jamar Chase in the mock draft going to the Dolphins. I've continued to hear they'd take Jalen Waddle over Chase, but I guess we'll find out yeah. tomorrow night if both are on the board and they do go receiver in lieu of trading down or in lieu of taking Penny Sewell if he's there. The Steelers at 24 stop the free fall of Trey Lance. And look, who knows? Again, I'm deferring to the person that put this together. And the real question for the Steelers, let's assume Lance is there at 24. Right. Are you going to use your first-round pick in Ben Roethlisberger's last season on a guy who's going to play the role of Jordan Love? And if all things go according to plan, now if Roethlisberger gets injured week two and is out for the year, then hello, Trey Lance. Just like Roethlisberger got thrust into the fray in 2004 when Tommy Maddox got injured in September. But... Uh, if it goes according to plan, you're you're picking a guy who isn't going to play. I'm told, I'm told the Steelers are focused on two guys. This is this is reporting. This isn't mock draft. 
they're focused on Najee Harris, the running back out of Alabama, okay. and Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa that we Ooh, talked about yesterday. Right. The Cardinals are going to take, I believe, if Jalen Waddell, J.C. Horn, and Patrick Sertain are gone at 16. So good chance they're gone. Good chance Collins is gone. Good chance Najee Harris is the Steelers' pick at 24. I guess they have to worry about being leapfrogged well, for Harris, but I don't think anybody's trading up to take a running back. They'll just wait to take a different one. I I, I don't think so either. Yeah, I wouldn't think that that's going to be a spot where people are going to look up to trade Najee Harris. And I think also Najee Harris is going to be like – you know, kind of a little bit of a flavor of the month. I think there's some teams that look at him and go, oh, we really like him. He's one of the two or three best running backs in the draft. I think there's other teams that go, no, he's nowhere near in that category. So uh, that's where, you know, I don't envision somebody trying to trade up and steal him there. But see, see, it's, 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 it's not like that crazy or hard to envision one of these quarterbacks falling. It's really not. You know, that's where I want to I want to get on Twitter and argue with, you know, the jerks of the world like Joe Thomas, the the great left tackle of the Browns who decided he had nothing to do at 9:30 Eastern time on a Tuesday night other than look at my mock draft. Thanks for it. Yep, yep. Yeah, it was clickbait, Joe. That's right. I reeled you in. Look, look, mom, I got a big dumb one. Joe Thomas is on there. Uh, Just yeah. like Joe went Joe went fishing on draft day. There's a that's an apt metaphor oh, back in 2007. Right. So he went like fishing with his dad. It's not that crazy to look at it that way. And then when you get to the Steelers, right, and you talk about, wait, are they going to go maybe the all-in factor with Big Ben like you're talking about? You could you could see that scenario happening to where now, oh wait, that guy that was on the board, he's still on the board at 25. And we'll see what happens from there. But uh, it's interesting to, to to think about the Steelers and what they would do if that scenario came about. You had Lance going, I think, eight Washington trade up. Yeah, eight, with the Carolina. Right, yeah. right, right. I had that, right. And I had Fields being the guy that's kind of the odd man out. So but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I played, the, I played the angle of I don't think the Bears will get the green light to take that quarterback at number 20. Washington answers their need. You know, I don't. I don't know this, but I don't think Justin Fields would be New England's cup of tea. I don't, but that would just be me assessing from the outside looking in and knowing that organization a little bit. So that's where, you know, it, it would be, you know, something to watch for if it, if it got past that point with one of these quarterbacks. It, it will be an interesting exercise to see where Fields goes relative to three for me, 32 for you, and where Lance goes relative eight for you, 24 for me. That, that may be something that I mention on Friday or something I don't mention at all. It all depends upon, upon how it goes. Uh, you may mention it or not, depending upon how it goes, but that'll be something we can compare notes on. Who was right and who wasn't about Fields or Lance being the guy who plunges out of the top 10. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, speed round. And coming up after that, our draft of the all-time great free falls in honor of Chris pegging Justin Fields at 32. We'll look back at some of the more memorable times where guys just waited and waited and waited to be picked. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. 
From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today's speed round is brought to you by Verizon. And the Verizon 5G speed round draft props edition. Chris, let's get right to it. Prop bets. And there are plenty of them that are available. It's a separate cottage industry of the legalized gambling, not just on the results of the games, results on the draft as well. Trey Lance, the over-under for his draft position, six and a half before is a minus 230 favorite. Bet 230 to win 100. You've got him after. I've got him after. If it's before, it's either the Falcons at four or someone trading up with the Dolphins at six. Right. That's the only way it happens, right? Or, or, the, 49ers. or, or the 49ers right. at three. Right, right. They're taking Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the over here. I think it's after six and a half. I, I think, you know, yeah, in my heart of hearts, you know my thoughts. I think the 49ers go Mac Jones. I think the Falcons go Pitts. And I think Trey Lance becomes a hot commodity right there, you know, after that Detroit pick where, again, they're a team, would they think about taking him? I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting there. But I think right after that is when it gets really interesting and he, be, he becomes a hot commodity. Justin Fields, the other quarterback that the 49ers are considering, along with Mac Jones and Trey Lance, his over-under is 7.5, and, and before 7.5 is the minus 140 favorite. Remember, at one point, he was the betting favorite to be the 49ers pick at number three. So you've got slim chance, I think, of the 49ers at three. Then where where does the window open for him before pick eight? Well, where is it really? This is trade-up scenario, I think, if Fields goes before pick number eight, don't you? Well, I, the, the only thing is like the Lions at seven, right? I think there is some thought out there in the, the NFL world that, you know, because Chris Spielman's there, and him being a part of the organization, that he could be a part of this mix here, that Justin Fields could be the pick at seven. I think that's the only only team I look at that I really think uh, would take him in the in, in at least that those, you know, before that seven and a half point there. Then, you know, again, you get into the Panthers and the Broncos. I don't know. I don't know. Again, the Broncos are an interesting conversation. Would they do that? I, I it, it, that's a tough one. Um, but but I would say if you're going to make me bet here, I'm going with the over here. I'm going to say he's on the board still uh, after after pick seven. Well, and I think that's why that dividing line is seven yeah. and a half because the Lions, the Ohio State connections, Chris Spielman, Justin Fields, will that be enough? I'll tell you what, though, when I saw Michael Parsons, the Penn State linebacker in the mock draft that was sent in to me at seven to the Lions. It makes all, sense, the, right? The clouds parted. The right. sun emerged. It all makes sense. Kneecap biter, former linebacker, Spielman, Dan Campbell, very happy with Michael Parsons. Yeah. Penny Sewell, 
The over-under for him is five and a half. And after is now the favorite at minus 165. I think this Jamar Chase to the Bengals steam has nudged Sewell. I know we talked about him going four to the Falcons in the PFT mock, but the, the more popular choice for Sewell is seven to the Lions. Yeah, uh, I mean, the Bengals thing is definitely interesting, that conversation there at number five. But yeah, that, you know, you get into that scenario, kind of like what you just talked about with the Lions. I mean, again, it's knee, it's knee cap biting. It's tough. It's physical. Like, what would they do if Penny Sewell and the Micah Parsons were on the board there, right? I mean, both of those fit the mold. There's a true need for th- those both areas on that football team. Uh, but I think with Penny Sewell, yeah, I'm erring on. I'm erring on right now that the Bengals are going Jamar Chase. They're going to go full-fledged, you know, fire show and make it about Joe Burrow in the passing game and that Penny Sewell stays on the board. So we'll see. I'm going after, though. Sewell told me yesterday that when he played Madden as a kid, he always played with the Detroit Lions. So uh, he, he may end up being a Detroit Lion. Although, why? He said, that's, that's, he said, I don't I mean, you have to know. dock them down around for that one. Why would you pick I, I, them I, of all the teams? <laughs> Maybe because, you know, you want to challenge and you, you find the worst team you can right. when you beat the AI simulator. But, uh, yeah, it was the Lions. and uh, But he also said that his objective is to get drafted as high as he possibly can. And the highest for him would be the Falcons at number four. He gets that. He knows that the first three teams are going quarterback. All right. Rashawn Slater, Northwestern tackle, before, after, nine and a half, before is a minus 130 favorite. I got him Cowboys at 10. Chris, do you think he makes it to 10 or beyond? I I, I do. I do. I think there's, you know, a scenario, I guess, where you could look at him maybe going before that point, right, to where, all right, what if the Bengals do take Sewell, right, at five? And then what if the Lions do want to still go O-line like we talked about? Maybe that's where Rashawn Slater comes off the board. I think most people think he is going to be the second O-lineman off the board. I think realistically, though, I don't see the Broncos taking him at nine. Uh, So I would say that he's going to be on the board after there. And then you got into the, will the Chargers or some of those teams decide to to help out their team by drafting the big O-lineman from Northwestern? couple of Alabama receivers, just like last year, it was Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy. This year, it's Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. Who goes first between the two? Points bet has Waddle as the minus 180 favorite to go before Devontae Smith. I've always thought Waddle would go first. The PFT mock draft has Smith 11 to the Giants and Waddle 12 to the Eagles. And it's just there's a poetry to that. I like that. But uh, if I was going to bet, I would say Waddle is likely to go before Smith. What do you think? I, I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm the other way around. I mean, listen, I don't think it's crazy to think both of these guys end up being picked, you know, in the top 12. You know, you could see Chase, Waddle, Devontae Smith all off the board. I think that's real. Devontae Smith, to me, is a notch better than Jalen Waddle. But again, I know that uh, that's not like 100% across the board. There's a lot of people in the league that I think have your thought, that, you know, to, that Jalen Waddle, they like him better than Devontae Smith. So I'm going to go with Smith. You're going with Waddle. And I just, I have a hard time thinking that two of the three receivers are going to be gone in the top 10. I I, I just come away with that more times than not looking at it like, I don't know which ones it'll be, but two out of those three, I think are definitely gone by the 10. And then that third one's going to be gone, I think somewhere between 11 and 15 for sure. 
Either way, Alabama is looking at back-to-back years with two receivers taken in the first round. Before last year, that only ever happened three times. LSU, Dwayne Bowen, Craig Davis, 2007. Ohio State, Ted Ginn and Anthony Gonzalez, also, also 2007. And then 2001, Miami, Santana Moss and Reggie Wayne both uh, in the first round. So it happened three times in history before last year, Alabama, and it's going to happen again this year, Alabama. Because wherever they go, they're both going to be gone by the time the round's over. Yeah, and, and, uh, you know, I'll add to, like, I think these guys are, you know, head and shoulders better than the two receivers that came out last year in the first round. I think there's a clear gap between Devontae Smith and Waddle compared to Judy and Henry Ruggs. You know, the, the, those guys, there was some flaws in their game. There's not really flaws in either one of these games. The only flaw you could talk about with either one of them really is just, hey, Waddle had the injury last year, so what? All right, I don't think that's any big deal. And Devontae Smith, the weight thing, that's it. There's nothing on film at all to question. There was things to question about Ruggs and Judy. There's nothing physically about either one of these two receivers from Alabama that you can come away going, oh, I wonder about this. I'm not sure about that. They're pretty perfect. Micah Parsons, J.C. Horn. Parsons, the Penn State linebacker. Horn, the South Carolina corner. Who's drafted first between the two of them? Horn is a minus 155 favorite. What do you think of that one? I don't. I mean, Micah Parsons is in the, to me, the small club of elite defenders in the draft. J.C. Horn is on the outside of that to me. But, you know, again, linebackers that are 6'3", plus 240 pounds, and can run the way Micah Parsons does, and then he's got the physicality to bring along. But they don't grow on trees. That's really a a special combination. So uh, I I think Micah Parsons will definitely be off the board in those first 12 picks for sure. Um, and you know, my, the corner, I, I expect certain to be off the board before JC Horn. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Parsons goes before Horn. How about running backs drafted in round one? The over under is 1.5 under is a minus 200 favorite. Peter King had Najee Harris 24 to the Steelers and Travis ATN number 30 to the Buffalo Bills. If I recall correctly, and there's a very good chance I don't, you had none, right? None. Did you have no running backs? Yeah, I've got, I've got. One, I think I think I have Najee Harris 30 to the Bills in mind. And look, if the Steelers do take Harris at 24, I think the door opens for ATN, number 30, to the Bills. But uh, I, I would, I'm inclined to say under one and a half. Yes, I am too, uh, without a doubt. I mean, I'm really inclined, to, as you can tell, to say zero to, to a degree. I mean, I, I am. Um, now, you know, the Bills are, are, you know, the Steelers and the Bills, those are the two teams you look at to go, huh, would they do it? We know Pittsburgh's trying to change around their attitude of their football team and play a little bit of a different way on the offensive side of the ball. The Bills, you know, they're just looking something. To, they need a presence, a tailback. They haven't had it. You know, Zach Moss didn't help out last year, being a, I believe he was a third round pick. Devin Singletary's been solid, but not special. You know, so I, I could see them. You know, if maybe their board doesn't line up, I would expect Buffalo to be really thinking edge pass rusher. You know, that was an issue for them last year. They need somebody that can come off the edge. But for them, if they did go running back, I'd, I'd rather be ATN to Buffalo just because, hey, they're gonna, we know they're going to be in the shotgun 
and they're going to try to throw the football, and ATN is more of a space guy, in my opinion, than a Najee Harris, and he can capitalize on more yards there to be had. That's where I would favor him. Someone asked us yesterday on PFTPM when you would use a first-round pick on a running back, and my response is simple. If you think it's Earl Campbell, Adrian Peterson, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, and you're willing to use him accordingly. Otherwise, address other needs and wait until round two, three, four, like, five, six, seven, or or undrafted to get your running. Like back. you're you're right. I mean, I so like is Josh was Josh Jacobs worth the first? I wouldn't round? have taken. No, no, he wouldn't no. have. Okay, I mean that's I know it's it's an interesting conversation, and I do think there's years where you know, hey, a team really is their biggest need is that position. And there is a player that's worthy of that conversation there to be picked in the 20s at running backs where, okay, I can understand it. The Raiders situation, I can understand it. They had this O-line. They were trying to play that style of football. But, yeah, I'm with you. I'd probably err on not taking one either. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Memorable draft free falls. That is the subject of this Wednesday PFT Live draft. We'll do that next right here. We'll be right back. Pro Football Talk is brought to you by Verizon. Built right for business. All right, there is the Chris Sims mock draft. And at the bottom of round one, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, quarterback, Ohio State, Justin Fields. That would be one hell of a free fall for Justin Fields. And that inspired today's PFT Live draft. Christopher, the most memorable Free falls of all time, not including Chris Sims falling to round three back in 2003. You have the trivia question for me. I have not peeked at it. No advanced research. I have no idea what it is, which means I'm guaranteed to get it wrong. Well, I, it's, a, it's a good one here. I, it's got me thinking. Uh, 1996 was the last draft without a QB taken in round one. Who was, who was the first QB taken in the draft by the Rams at pick 42? Tony Banks. Way to go. You're the man. Way to go. Way to look at the computer screen as soon as he took it off. Way to go. Good job. I ha- I'm telling <laughs> you. I I admit when I inadvertently you see, see it. the – I admit it. I admit it. Uh, Tony Banks. That was a All good right. one there. I forgot he was the starter of that 2000 Ravens team early in that year. Yeah. Well, and he was with the Rams until the Rams decided to go with Trent Green. Right. Until Trent Green tore his ACL on a hit from our colleague Rodney Harrison in the 1999 preseason. And then Dick Vermeil cried sad tears and eventually cried happy tears, thanks to the former grocery bagger turned Arena Football League turned NFL Europe superstar Kurt Warner. Uh, just ama- just amazing, just amazing. They are making a movie of Kurt Warner's life. What the hell took him so long? Seriously, what a crazy ass story that was. A guy who was in the draft pool in '94, undrafted. All the talk about Heath Schuler and Trent Dilfer. Kurt Warner, undrafted in 1994, bounces around, plays for the Iowa Barnstormers, the team that had the goggles above the face horrible. mask on the helmet. Yes, awesome. Horrible. I love that. I love that. But anyway. What a story. What a story. Yeah, it's amazing. For Kurt Warner. Okay. Uh, I get the first pick. The all-time draft day free falls. It begins and ends in many respects with O. Aaron Rodgers. 24th overall in 2005. Wanted to be the first overall pick that year of the San Francisco 49ers. Offensive coordinator of the team was Mike McCarthy. Goes on to become the head coach in Green Bay. Awkwardness Seriously. for the entirety of the McCarthy-Rogers relationship. 
But yeah, and and just the video, and thank God they've gotten away from sticking the camera in the face of the guy who shows up at no fee, no appearance compensation. There, my God, that's Aaron Rodgers. That's amazing. Holy crap! But you know, constantly, constantly sliding, sliding, sliding all the way to the Packers at twenty-four. That is the most memorable draft day free fall. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good one. I can still remember sitting there watching it. You know, because again, I was playing. You know, I knew about Aaron Rodgers, you know, in college. I remember seeing him a few times, like, you know, just watching TV and college games going like, man, that guy looks like he can really throw it. I don't know. And then, you know, again, I'm playing and I, you know, hear people in the league, oh, Rodgers, 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 he's going to be a top five pick, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I was there in Tampa where I, I think we were tossing around the idea of Rodgers as a top five pick that year because we had a top five pick. We took Cadillac Williams. So, that was pretty amazing, and, you know, the the rumor was always what? That the 49ers thought, you know, Alex Smith, they could control him better than Aaron Rodgers. He would listen to every word they said, where Rodgers was a little of an outside-the-box thinker. So uh, that that's that's funny there. All right, well, I'm going to go stay at the quarterback. To me, this is the all-time free fall at, uh, is Dan Marino. Dan Marino, that 1983 draft, you know, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be maybe the first, the second quarterback off the board behind John Elway, certainly going to be a top five, top ten pick. You know, there was a lot of rumors, I think, out there about maybe him being a partier at Pitt or whatever. Nonetheless, he falls to late in the first round to a good team, and the rest is history with the Miami Dolphins, and he sets the league on fire as a rookie. I remember the Steelers had a shot at him. Yeah. They didn't want to bring in a quarterback. They still had Terry Bradshaw. And we talked about earlier this year the old news story of Bradshaw getting elbow surgery in Shreveport under the name Tom Brady. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and oh, it's fine. You know, just like always, surgery was a success. He's ahead of schedule. He'll be fine. He played like one more game threw eight more passes for the Steelers, and then no more Terry Bradshaw, so they would have really benefited from keeping Pittsburgh product, both growing up, high school, and college in town, and they didn't. Next one for me, 1998, Randy Moss. Oh, baby. going into the draft was regarded as a top-five guy. The Cowboys had said, we're going to draft you, and the slide began, and it continued, and I, look, I was full-blown bleed purple Vikings fan in 1998, and I remember being very fearful, being resigned to the reality that the Bears were going to take Randy Moss, and this West Virginia guy was going to become a thorn in the Vikings' side for years to come. So as he slid and slid and slid and slid, uh, I, I remember watching that thinking, there's no way he's making it to 21. There's no way he's making it to 21. And I think they sprinted, unlike 2002 and 2003 when they blew it with the the clock, they sprinted to the podium when they had the chance to take Randy Moss at 21. Yeah, I mean, that that was a, a special day. I mean, Randy Moss was an urban legend already before that draft. I mean, you already knew, like, man, I've heard from a lot of people that this guy's like the freakiest guy we've ever seen and – you know, there was the stories, uh, you know, about him racing guys in the parking lot at Florida State, him beating everybody on the team. And, you know, of course, he's not on their team now and he's on Marshall. Uh, that, that was amazing. And, of course, he didn't disappoint when he set foot in the NFL. All right, I'm you remember go the Bobby Bowden quote about Randy Moss? I, 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 I don't remember exactly. Well, what, what is it? 
He runs like a scalded dog. That was the Bobby Bowden quote. Jeez, that's that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, let's go uh, 1988, Thurman <laughs> Thomas. All right, one of the great running backs of all time. Most people thought, of course, he was going to be like a top 15, top 20 pick. You know, I think really higher than that. And there he is, falls out of the first round. And falls out of the first round, really, you know, I think a lot because – Barry Sanders was on his team at Oklahoma State, and everyone kept going, wait, that guy's so awesome, and I'm not sure how good this other guy is. Well, he was awesome, too. I mean, unbelievably awesome. One of the best dual-threat running backs, right, pass game, run game that we've ever seen in, in league history, and really was one of the best offensive players in the NFL for about six years straight, at least in that conversation there with the Buffalo Bills. Next one for me, and even though he was still taken at number 12, he should have been taken a lot earlier. Yeah. I'm looking at the listing. He probably should have been number one that year. The great Warren Sapp, yeah, Hall of Famer, it. 1995. Right. And the irony here, and I need to ask Coach Dungy about this at some point. He was the defensive coordinator in Minnesota, and they took Derek Alexander, a defensive end who never did much of anything in the NFL one pick before the Buccaneers got Warren Sapp and Dungy would become the head coach of the Buccaneers the next year. Uh, there's there's got to be a hell of a story as to why the Vikings didn't take Warren Sapp. Remember the marijuana stuff came out sure. it, like, like anyone would even give a crap now. 1995. Oh no. Oh no. He's po Oh no. He's possibly smoked marijuana and he falls to number 12. I mean, amazing. Yeah. I think most people looked at Warren Sapp as a top three, top five pick for sure. And, yeah, there was off the field, he might party too much type of crap out there. And, yes, I mean, good thing. Good thing. I mean, Coach Dungy's probably happy. He's probably like, good thing we passed him up there. That helped me, you know, my jump off to my career. All right. I mean, I think the last one I'm going to go to is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, pick 32. The whole night we sat there going, wait, are the Ravens going to take him at 15 or 16? You know, who's going to take him? What's going to happen? Is he going to go in the top 10? Then I really resided to the fact like he's not going to go in the first round. He's going to fall out. We'll see you tomorrow. And then the Ravens sweep in to get him at 32. And, of course, they made the right decision because he's been one of the best players in the league. And they, they moved around in round one right. like they tend Kept to do dropping from time down. to time. And, and I, I, hey, look, Steve Bishotti, the owner of the team, and, again, we're learning more and more how involved owners are. He was pushing middle of the round, get him, get him, get him, get him. And it's like just they knew what they were doing. Planning. Right. They, there was champagne popping when they got Lamar Jackson at number 32. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Miami Dolphins yesterday traded guard Eric Flowers to Washington, paying $6 million of his $9 million salary. Uh to, to get him off the books and to, and to get him to a new team. And it does create on the surface, Chris, a need now at offensive line for the Miami Dolphins. But uh, I just I feel like the Dolphins, they, they, I think they're intoxicated with working the board and trading down and stockpiling. I, they picks. are. Even though they say that that's not what they're trying to do, I think that is what they're trying to do, especially this year. If you can stockpile picks for future years when you can actually, you know, scout the guys – then do it. Or and they're balancing. I think their need with the value of the draft too. They got. I think they have a good feel for it. You know, right away they trade Eric Flowers. Everybody puts out. Oh, I think the Dolphins might be interested in a tackle. They drafted tackles in the first two rounds of last year's draft. 
They just re-signed Jesse Davis. They have DJ Fluker, who's a starting guard and tackle in the NFL. You know, their rookie uh, Solomon Kinley, he's a good rookie guard last year for them. So that's where I go. That seems like draft propaganda, and where they are at 6-18 and 18 is going to be prime offensive line conversation. And I would think that's put out there for what you're saying, Mike, trade bait. I think they're going to trade down again. Yeah. They're going to keep trading down. All right, we're done. Chris is talking to Trey Lance and Levi Anzarike later today. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.